International Mother Tongue Day. Dr. Matlamela, um, can you please tell me what what programs uh, does a pencil have to promote um, this day, but also language throughout the year within South Africa? Um, thank you very much. I think um, for this day, um, we have a national event that is the one that is taking place in Kombonambi um, in the attendance of um, the minister, um, the premier, the MEC um, of arts, sport and uh, recreation in Kizaren, um and various mayors. This event is a collaboration between uh, Pansal, the National Department of Arts and Culture, the Provincial um, Arts and Culture and the National Library. This is the um, the main event, and this morning we went to Kala Gushe, the correctional center here in Richard's Bay. That is where the minister was donating 1,800 books to that center. There are quite a number of um, events attached to, the, to this day. But then we have also provincial events. Uh, one of them is in the Western Cape where we are um, the Western Cape uh, University. Um, we had a range of events in the Northwest uh, province. But I think what is more important is your second question, um, what we do throughout the year. PENSOP has structures that are dealing with the continuous development of uh, languages. As you will know, that language is forever growing. And for that reason, uh, terminologies um, are crucial to ensure that any language, in particular the indigenous languages, can catch up with the, the language that um, emanates from technology. Uh, so we have structures that are dealing with that. We uh, produce dictionaries, we produce terminology books. We also give service in terms of um, verification, authentication of whatever document that comes from national uh, or provincial government documents that need to go to the people in our languages to ensure that um, information is accessible in these languages. Um, there are many activities we do, but um, these are just the main ones. Yeah. And then um, because I saw that um, the International Mother Tongue Day uh, theme this year is language without borders. Um, could you speak to that and what does that mean within the South African context? In South Africa, we do know that um, we have three languages, three linguistic families that are captured in the Constitution. The first being the official languages. That is our eleven. We then have the um, sign, South African Sign Language. Then we also have the languages of the Khoi, Sen, and Nama uh, nations. Now, um, when you go to the Pensouth Act, you then realize that um, there is additional mandate that is looking at um, uh, languages which might not be official, but they are languages used by various linguistic communities. So for us, the weight language is not limited to uh, official or languages emanating 
from South Africa, but we also, to an extent, of looking at um, uh, other languages that might not be known or captured in documents. You will know that uh, last uh, 2018, um, there was a partnership between Pensal and Macmillan where a dictionary of Hoho Goweb was uh, published, and that is the first dictionary of uh, Hoho Goweb in the country. This year, we are um, we just launched the the, the 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 production of the new language dictionary. Uh, we call it a talking dictionary. So, for us, our um, intention is to go beyond just the mainstream and even looking at uh, the so-called um, dialect. Um, how do we address those uh, pending issues? Because Every linguistic community in the country has a right to uh, name themselves. So we as Pensal are driving that um, uh, behind, uh, but it's not an easy journey, of course. Yeah. And uh, could you just speak to, to the importance of, well, preserving these languages and preserving mother uh, mother tongue languages and all the, the and the the sub uh, languages or the dialects that come from it can you speak to the, the the importance of the of that mother tongue is a language in which one can be able to uh, make sense of everything um in every language there is a cultural context that um at most it cannot be explained in another language, um, meaning if you have uh, words around cultural practices, it might not be an easy thing to translate it into other languages. For us, it is um, clear that when you lose a language, you lose heritage that comes with it, you lose even the understanding, the way of understanding, the typical example that um, many use is that in English you have a simple uncle, but in most African languages there are many types of uncles. So uh, if you speak to English, you end up not going to the depth of that um, uncleness um, that uh, is kept in English. So if you are to lose the, the the indigenous language. You are also losing that understanding of uh, the relationship between people, and and that for us uh, is the beginning of it. But um, anything that you understand in your language, uh, as Mandela has um, emphasized, you 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 grasp it to the core. It is easy to. To understand it, and you can speak to one's emotions, to um, their heart, through their mother tongue. But the moment you go to uh, a borrowed language, is it, a struggle, and uh, unfortunately, that is the case for the greater majority of this country. And in terms of the the global context. Us, uh, us preserving and, and wanting to have um, uh, uh, indigenous languages or mother tongues in schools for educational purposes. In the global context, what is the, 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 the use and the need or, or the purpose of it? Um, aside from identity and culture, what value does um, do mother tongues hold in a global context? 
um, you have to admit that confidence is everything. When you look at um, a Chinese president speaking in his mother tongue, you can see the sense of command that they have, the confidence, the, how they are so settled in themselves because um, they are using a language that they perhaps fully understand and they do not even worry uh, whether are they pronouncing it in this vision uh, or that variety, uh, is it understandable by others and so forth. So uh, what we are losing by not preserving our languages is firstly confidence, because when you go to a language that you are still grasping or uh, struggling with it, um, it will reflect in your um, lack of confidence in, in that journey. But beyond that, um, our languages are capable of uh, going deeper than where borrowed languages do. So um, we are limiting ourselves when we communicate in um, borrowed languages, languages that um, uh, might not reflect our uh, understanding of things um, to the core. So for us, preservation of our languages, um, as much as it has the the, the, the cultural and heritage um, significance, it goes beyond that. Uh, you will realize that in other countries, uh, we have people who teach our local languages there. And that comes with economic um, factor. Unfortunately, majority of our linguistic practitioners are not aware that you can make a living by teaching our languages elsewhere. And people like Bo, the late Mazisi Kunene, are typical examples uh, who was teaching Isi Zulu in, in America. I know people like um, Enki Potrita, um, who's teaching Sibedi in Germany. Um, in China, we have people who are teaching our languages, but unfortunately, majority of these people are not the native speakers. They are people who acquired these languages. And um, if we can teach and encourage that, it can have a great impact in the economy. Like going back to what you mentioned about um, the Chinese president, one could point out that at some point China had multiple languages and multiple dialects as well. However, they honed in and focused on a singular language that can encompass and represent or that can be a source of foundation for the greater China. And we keep on speaking about preserving all of our languages, whereas, as you said, China has a beautiful handle and a confidence about the Mandarin, which is what they speak officially, which is the one language that is at the forefront of how they communicate. 
whereas South Africa, we have 11 languages and then we have other um, dialects and other languages that we're still trying to grapple with. Wouldn't you say then it would be uh, advisable or would it be a, a, a wise move for us to actually even look at, therefore, honing in on a single language and developing that language to a point where it becomes part and parcel of the greater South African context rather than the tribal divides that comes with all these different um, languages? Um, in the context of China, I, I do concur with you. But I think the essence of South African um, linguistic landscape is based on its diversity. And if you are to thoroughly look at the linguistic question or the language question in the country, you need to take into consideration many con factors. And uh, one of them is we are in a state where we know we cannot say there is one language that can serve all purposes. So when we look at each language, we should look at it from the perspective of its functionality. We as the Pan-South African Language Board, we are so clear in terms of um, how um, we wish, we aspire that uh, the linguistic question can be addressed in the country, and we are practically pushing for that. We do have the uh, regional uh, visions where we look at the provinces and um, how we should provincially develop particular languages, but uh, what we have learned and we are so impressed about in terms of um, uh, the declaration that was made by um, SADC of having Keswahili as a working language of the SADC region, which has been um, for, for years the only African language used in AU, we are so clear that our vision is to push it is Zulu as one language that is well developed enough to can become one of the languages that are ex included in SADC and AU. Um, and we have started that in with the likes of Alaten, and we believe um, it is uh, doable, but it will also need the role of of individuals, particularly our leaders, because even if you can make that declaration and say Isizulu is now official language of the SADC or whatever forum, as long as the leaders do not utilize that language, it remains a fruitless uh, uh, exercise. Thus, um, in terms of our uh, approach, we are so clear that Apart from all efforts that can be um, put in by any other institution, the main role is to encourage each speaker of each uh, African language to utilize the language. Because even if you can make dictionaries, if you can make all any initiative, as long as the language is not used, um, that initiative will amount to nothing. So thus we say... Uh, South Africa, particularly Africans, please, let's utilize our languages. And the Pan-South African Language Board has the headquarters in Pretoria. Um, that's 
where uh, we um, operate, but we ensure that we have national footprint um, in each province. So we do have offices in all the nine provinces, um, and we we also um, have structures which are. Um, uh, looking at every language, uh, and they ensure that um, the speakers of these languages are able to 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 interact with all the developments that are are taking place. So that is what we are doing, and we will uh, encourage uh, our people to contact Transalp uh, from all these uh, mentioned. Um, uh, structures. Okay. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. David Mashamela. Um, we really much appreciate your time. Thank you very much.